Welcome to the Soul Influence Podcast. I'm Lawrence Gordon, known in certain circles as Morris, and I'll be joined by my partner, Jeff Rogers. We are on a mission to create, to provide our audience with love for their soul. Let's be curious, honest, and active together as we discuss and dissect not only the daily influencers, but influences, soul influence. Welcome, everyone. I am Lawrence Gordon, and Jeff Rogers joins me, and we are the creators of Soul Influence. Today, uh, you'll get to know us, you know, how we met, uh, what inspires us. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit about how we feel about what's going on in America today. Um, and, and so, man, I'm so excited. Jeff, what's going yes. on, man? You live from Montana. Is that where yes, you sir. are now? Yes, sir. Montana. Can't get <laughs> nice. a better place. Watching the sun rise over the mountains, clean air, slower pace. They say big sky. They call it big sky state. And it's like, I don't know what it is, but it is. The sky looks bigger out here. I, I don't know why, really? but it definitely probably does. Because there, probably because there's no, no like people in, in, in trees and it's really just sky. It's just sky and mountains, right? That's it. Yeah. Actually, the whole state only has a million people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I'm I'm coming live from Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Actually, I live in South Carolina, but I'm so much on the border that I just say Charlotte to keep it simple. But uh, and you but had yeah. people at Starbucks this morning. See, that's the difference. It, exactly, exactly, exactly. So you know, we we are uh, definitely over a million people here in the Charlotte area for sure. But man, um, so so excited with you know to start this journey with you and. And in this episode, man, I, we really want to, uh, you know, my thought was let's let's share who we are and and how we met and 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 let people know who we are. Um, and so I thought, you know, hey, I could start. And it's funny because, you know, the way we met was obviously through basketball, uh, Nike basketball, and. And, you know, a kid from Atlanta with a crazy idea to start a youth basketball program. And, and, uh, and, and, and I didn't, I had, we had no idea at the time, the talent level of the kids we had. We thought we just had some decent kids in the area. And uh, I can remember you and uh, Joaquin, I think his name was Joaquin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Back in the day and <clears throat> coming to check us out and, and and we and we we passed the eye test. We passed the talents at and Vince. Vince Vince Baldwin was down there scouting us, and yeah, and we passed the eye test. And uh, and yeah, the rest is history, right? No, I think you guys had a um, a good group of kids, but also you know one thing that we always talked about was uh, if if your kids are going to be away from you or one person removed from you as a parent. Who do you want them to be with? Because they're going to be as much of an influence as, as the parents are. So what I always looked for was all these kids are going to be in these, these adults' hands. And if they're on kind of the same page as the parents and what the parents want out of their kids, how they want them to behave, how they want them to work, then, you know, we're looking at a, a group of good, not only kids, but adults to run a team. So, yeah, you guys had talent, had great kids. Great kids had great parents, you know, with Charlie and 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 his wife, and you know, just yeah, I think it was a good setup. Obviously, you know, the Atlanta area is doesn't Booming. doesn't Booming. Uh, it doesn't lack talent 
at any time. Oh. I mean, people say there's an influx at times and then there's a drought, but I, I don't agree with that. I think Atlanta and you know, some of the other key cities, it's just constant. Man, it's it's insane. It's 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 insane the amount of because people always will ask me, like, man, how in the world did you start an elite travel team in the city that has, you know, Atlanta Celtics, Georgia Stars, um, Team Elite, which was worldwide uh renegades. Renegades. And yep you know, team Georgia. I mean, it, I mean, the list goes on and these are just, these are like your cream of the crop teams. And then you had like that second level, uh, which those teams were just as competitive <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was such an <clears throat> abundance of talent and kids want to play, right? Kids want to play. And so you may run up against a team, like a local team, like, you know, the team that Robert Carter played on, they like were like the Thomasville, it was like a rec center. And this kid, ended up being one of the best kids to come out of the state in, uh, I think it was 2012. So, I mean, you run into things like that and you're just like, what in the world? Like, where did this kid come from? And then and the so, same, the same page, like most, most tournaments and tournament promoters were, you know, were in Atlanta or big cities like that. So you had not only all this talent in Atlanta, but every weekend there was a tournament with people from California, people from Arizona, Texas, Baltimore, DC, New York, Florida coming into play. So you had talent. I mean, even though a lot of it was from out of the state, every weekend it was it was a revolving door of talent. Yeah. So I mean, obviously transitioning out of that, um now, you know, I'm not in Atlanta anymore. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, where today I actually am a chief impact officer at Hope Haven, which is a nonprofit here in Charlotte that caters to uh you know the the underserved community right you know homelessness uh you know we help with recovery with substance abuse so um i've kind of transitioned my career into more of helping others and really just making sure where i was helping others before in, in helping children which i still do today but um that's what i do during my day job and then uh, at night, I put on my uh, my cape and I uh, turn into a children's book author. So I'm actually a, a children's book author as well. And and uh, you know, with my website booksbylg.com, little shameless plug. And and so I love writing books. I love writing books. Uh, it all was inspired from my mom passing, and she was an educator. Um, actually, today, you know, the day we're recording is July seventh, uh, sixteenth it's her birthday. So uh, shout out to her, uh, rest in peace, but I know, right. And so she passed away and it inspired me to um, do a little bit more in education. So that's exciting, you know, because I have no background at all in writing uh, books and, and, and let alone uh, children's books. And so, you know, that's been a, that's been a great journey. Um, My community, the area, uh, friends, family, have supported us greatly and it's been it's been a it's been a fun ride and even my second book is coming out uh later this year so I'm super excited about that so that's what I'm doing um helping helping the city of Charlotte become a better place helping our kids our community uh become a better place um that's that's what I'm up to I have I'm married got three kids Lauren Landon Henry 
uh, 11, 10, and uh, 11 months. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, tell the people about you, Jeff. What's going on in your world? Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up a minute. Mm -hmm. hum humble man on the other end of the mic here. So creating, going from what you started with, and what you went to school with and all that type of stuff and then creating yourself as an author i think is 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 kind of cool i mean that when we reconnected and you told me how you were just trying to get dads to read like yeah. that was a huge you know that's where you started it was a huge initiative that you know hit home with me because we read every night to our kids when they were young in fact i'm still reading uh i read last night uh captain underpants not some uh gone with the wind novel but yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> that's what right. the kids want. But I, I think that's, you know, I noticed that it you do kind of pass the torch to the mom to read in the household and mm -hmm. go to the schools and lead reading and cat in a hat books and things like that. So I think what you're doing is is really empowering to encourage both parents to share that that work at night or whenever they want to do it during the day. And then you know, that's, that's kind of why a little bit of the roadmap and the um, strategy for this podcast is we want to elevate people who want to follow their passions and their dreams, even if it is a little off the beaten path or something that they didn't think they could do. I mean, you, you have a contract with HarperCollins, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, HarperCollins you, Christian Publishing. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so let, let's, let's, not, let's not downplay it. I mean, that, you, you're doing a passion started your own thing and you're on your second book and you know so and that's yeah, what we're I mean, about we're trying to yeah. promote people that got got new dreams or want to do on do do second jobs or you know just fill in the passion and they got they got a safety net here to, to talk about and have it be promoted yeah i mean i think that's the big thing is like we always say you got to start somewhere even us starting this yeah. podcast it was just kind of like two two fellas that again reconnected after years of being apart and you know we dream big that's the one thing we have in common and we love people and we love our family and yeah. we feel like hey you got to dare to explore and so I think you know one thing that I you know somebody was asking me like hey how am I measuring success when it comes to writing the book and I said have you ever you know told your child that you were going to do something and you did it in their lifetime in front of them you know, that's success because I told my kids that, hey, I'm going to write a book. And obviously when I first said it, they looked at me like, oh, okay, right? And even the wife is like, oh, okay, let's, let's see how this, you know, and we behind you, we support you, but you know, and so it's one of those things when you actually do it and then you bring it to the market and not just like, you know, like I'm drawing the pictures and and I staple it and then with some with some construction paper. It's like no, it's a legit project that took time, took you know an investment, and you bring it to market with a quality product, and and your kids see that. And so now when you tell them to make their dreams reality, that you can actually do that in your lifetime, they believe it right? They believe in the impossible. And I think especially what's going on in America today, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but there's so much that you can explore and become and do if you just start. And I think that's half the battle, even for us doing this podcast is just start, right? I'm, what, what, what did you always tell me? Like, you're not going to get, you're not going to come up to the plate and 
and hit a home run every, you know, the first time. Like you might strike out a few times, but you got to keep coming up and keep swinging. And so that's, that's when you told me that, and as we started this project, I was like, all right, yeah, you're right. You're right. Cause so yeah. often if we don't hit the home run, we feel like we're not worth it or we can't do it, but we just got to keep coming up. No, I think we're determined to get on base, even if we got to lean into a pitch. Like mm-hmm. We're going to get there, <clears throat> you know, one way or another. I, I think, uh, you know, just answering your question, you know, who am I? What am I? One thing that's always motivated me is whenever you say or share with someone you want to do something, that their first question is why. And for a while, it kind of makes you ponder and it also can make you maybe double think it and not do it or take the chance. But I just start asking, why not? You know, why, why should I always, I already know why, you know, I've already started the idea. I know what I want to do. So that, that's what I was like, this podcast, like, why not? You know, why, why do we need to justify the whys? Although I did tell you, you know, when you brought it up to me and I was like, uh, I don't know. And then I brought it up to my wife and she was like, but you don't talk. I right. thought that, you know, that was, but then I was like, you know, I got to learn to talk. got to get a lot right. of my comfort zone. So, um, you know, I was born upstate New York, small town outside of Syracuse. Go Orange. Nice. Um, lifelong Orange, Orange supporter. Uh, moved three times in school. Uh, <clears throat> and then went to college, a small college in West Virginia. And then, uh, you know, my, my dream was always to work at Nike. That just, it, it, you know, I was drawn the swoosh. I wasn't shoe designer or anything like that, but I was drawing the swoosh and reading articles in the in the library at school all the time about the company. And um, so once I graduated, you know, I lived in Long Island with my mom for a year, but I knew that Long Island wasn't for me. So packed up the car, drove out to, to Nike headquarters in, in Oregon and you know, 24 years later, you know, just retired last year and, um, you know, had an amazing run there. You know, obviously we met when I was uh, running grassroots basketball, you know, I was doing, I ran some retail there and then I was working on product innovation the last, last six years. So, you know, I, uh, it's a good company that, you know, constantly needs to change. You know, I think they're looking at, some dramatic shifts that they can do right now in their culture, um, which I'm supportive of. I think they'll figure it out, um, but they do have some things that they need to address. Um, and then, you know, one of one of the high spots there was just being around uh, a couple guys, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, you know, uh, in the grassroots area and, and, and getting them, you know, into the Nike fold. Uh, and then they just stayed, relevant in my life you know they're just such good people um getting to know them you know kevin coming to my wedding coming to our wedding and just those guys are just they i i really want them to 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 be around our children when they can uh, be around any kids or, or or parents or whoever they're just they're just great people so i'm currently working for Kyrie. he started his own company uh doing a couple things for him but then at the same time, just, you know, when I was at Nike, I was loyal. You know, I didn't want to have a second business or do other things. And now I feel 
you know, a lot of creativity kind of flowing and Kyrie really empowers that. Hey, I'm not exclusive to him, um, but he wants me to, to really, you know, look at what else I can do. So this podcast is great. I want to, I want to be on, um, on this talking to people that I know have a chance to create something on their own, changing, mm-hmm. changing their lifestyle or changing careers or adding yep. to their current career like you're doing. Then um, I'm also on the board for uh, Player Circle, which is a, an app. Look it up. Plug for Look Corey. It Look it up before it finds you and you're late. Um, but he started a couple companies himself, so I'm helping advise him. Uh, he was a actually one of the media partners for EYBL when it started. Oh, really? Wow. Yep, the first, along with ESPN. And people need to know that you were the uh, one of the creators for that. I mean, because that league, who would have thought, right? I mean, I think the first year, we were, we were in it the first year. Mm-hmm. And we had to, it was kind of like, will this work <laughs> and and I, I can remember like we were we were trying to figure out how to look to part like we had to bring you you know because at that time we were still creating our own uniforms and I think you guys gave us a set yeah but it was very like will this work out right and then the second year it was like whoa like this yeah. thing is like you guys just cracked the code in in the grassroots system and now you see adidas under armor and everybody else basically copied the same model but it was it was unbelievable i mean it was unbelievable and believe yeah. me it, you took your l's in that event as well too because it was just you're playing against the best the best teams there was no more pool play where you know you can get three quick wins and build your confidence it was uh, you coming in and playing five heavy hitters and you might lose your first three games. Yeah. <laughs> you might go 0-5 in the whole weekend. We've been there too. So it was, it was yeah. It was, um, you know, a little bit of an epiphany. You know, when you when you sit and watch a lot of AAU games, yeah, weekend after weekend, Vegas, all these places, I think you just start to realize, okay, what – what makes me get excited to watch some games and what makes me kind of go, Hey, I'm, I'm going to skip, I'm going to skip the afternoon session or right morning session. And what I started to realize was just that the way AAU is set up where a bunch of teams come into a city, they play a tournament that weekend, there's a winner, there's a loser. Sometimes, you know, flights get in the way of scheduling and teams got to leave early or they miss games or, Mm-hmm. whatever and then you're winning the championship every weekend um you know there's not really a lot of practice unless it's back in your hometown and, and as you know a lot of times the kids are 5 10 20 30 miles away it's not always uh, you always have a team every night to practice and I was like there's nowhere for the rest of this kid's journey that basketball or a sport is going to be played or presented to them that way so that was the epiphany of like hey how can we continue to help get them ready for the next level okay so we started eybl because it's like okay let's make a season so yeah if you go zero and five not everybody's looking to pull your sponsorship right because it's like you got three more weekends you might end up 
yeah, you might end up 10 and five. And then you're, right. you know, number two in the conference, you got a number two seed in the playoffs and you go to Peach Jam. I mean, so, right. um, and you come in early in your practice, you know, you could, you could manage your budget because you knew when the games were going to be months ahead of time. So yeah. it was really just to ease some of the, some of the pain of, of, you know, you, you guys as coaches and programs and man, that was, that was a moment flying to Vegas, got all the coaches in there and going, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Gonna, and they're like, yeah, you want us to play twice as many games, go to twice as many tournaments for the same amount of money. And I was like, yes, who's on board. Right. <laughs> who's right. on board. But and people, once you lay out yeah. all the other things, they realize, okay, I can save money. Like we got sponsors for food. We got sponsors for a hotel. Yeah. You know, so we cut, we, we took on some of that. We got ESPN to sponsor, Gatorade to sponsor. So then sponsorship started to outweigh kind of the output of, of money coming out of your pocket. And so, yeah, that, I, I love that. I think that's, I, I still think that's probably the, the, the biggest accomplishment I, I had at Nike. I mean, no, 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 definitely. Definitely. Cause if you look at it today, it is, it was the blueprint of everything that jumped off after that with other shoe companies. I mean, everybody, I mean, Nike has always been the standard, especially for basketball and for you to be a part of that. Um, wow. I mean, that's, that was, it's so amazing. And I would be remiss. I mean, I, I know you said you gave a shout out to your city. I mean, how dare I not? I mean, it's on our logo. Um, you know, Maple Heights, you know, is on my sweater. And that's, you know, that's my city. That's, that's the city I was born in. And, you know, I got to give a shout out to Maple Heights, my neighborhood, uh, Lee Road, Cleveland, Ohio. It's funny because people see me with my Cleveland Browns hoodie or my Cavs hoodie or t-shirts or, you know, paraphernalia I wear. And they, they just look at me like, come on, are you really a fan of Cleveland sports? And I said, yeah, that's where I was raised. That's where I'm from. And uh, it, it's just always hilarious when people think that, why are you repping that city? You don't have another team? I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> I mean, granted, I want wherever I live, I want those teams to do well because it's more money into the city. But, yeah, yeah, I, I'll hey, forever be a Cleveland fan. Odell's got the blonde hair back. You're, I mean, this is going to be does? a good year. I haven't yeah. seen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully he can do something this year. Hopefully, yeah, he did. He did a reveal. The blonde hair is back, and that's just another example. You, you may not even know, remember this, but it's another example that any two people can get along because I'm a Steelers fan. Yeah, yeah. So you know, hey, we, and we still can find common ground on how to how to discuss the tough topics. So well, it's crazy because some of my friends, even from Cleveland. Um, I, you know, because clearly, you know, growing up, we're so bad that, you know, you, you know, if you're into football, you, I mean, some of my friends are Steelers fans, they're from Cleveland. So, you know, so yeah, it's not a, it's not an uncommon thing, but yeah, definitely uh, the rivalry is there. So, you know, this we're year is our up. year though. Super Bowl, early head. prediction. We're going to the Super Bowl this year. This is the year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just know that every time the Steelers played Cleveland back then, it was like, how many times is Eric Metcalf going to run back something for a touchdown? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Legit. Like, I never yeah. felt we were going to win unless he was hurt. Yeah. Now, we, we had legit squads, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, no, that's, that's my town. Definitely had to represent. So, you know, man, what a journey, Jeff. I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, we met over 10 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just when I think about it, it's crazy. And 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 everything that's transpired since then. My move to Charlotte, your move from Portland to now the Jersey area. Like that's, I just moved up the road. You came from the whole other coast, which is insane to me. Um, and you know, my question, I wonder, like, with looking at your journey and knowing you, and you know, who are three people? who have been the most influential to you? Um, it's hard to narrow it to three. I'd say my grandfather is, uh, is number one. You know, okay. he, and my, my, my family's young, you know, my parents were 19, you know, my, when, when they had me, my grandparents, I think were early twenties when they had my mom. So, you know, my, I, I had 40, two years of my grandparents i mean most people don't have that so they like what's funny is my the age difference between me and my youngest son i have three kids um he's six um six eight and ten um is the same age gap between me and my grandfather so it's kind of kind of ironic so he was he was the guy you know work ethic he was a plumber you know my grand grandmother was a teacher so I, I learned study work hard you know that that and you know they were involved heavily in the library the church so he was he was a uh, number one I mean um you know other than that I, I would just say that um and this just goes into a little bit of a few questions down the road but I, I just was around a lot of great people you know whether it was you know you and John you know per se whether it was people at Nike, um, I've had some good friends along the way, I think moving around, but, you know, um, influential was just, just the amount of people I kept meeting, you know, going to different countries, you know, basketball just took me to so many places. And a lot of times I was on my own and I had to carve out relationships and just, you know, do a lot of conversation, a lot of talking. And so, and most of those, people that I still talk to today are all people I met, you know, during that kind of that 15 year span. And I think they're, they've been the most influential, you know, I probably matured late when it came to that. So, you know, not only was Nike good employer, but just opened a ton of doors and I got a ton yeah. of good friendships. So yeah. How about yourself? I mean, I think for me, you know, when you talk about influence and, and, you know, impacting your world, obviously the list is, it's hard to narrow it down to three, but you know, my mom sits right in the number one spot. I mean, she's who, you know, raised me coming from a single family home, you know, and, and all the single moms out there, you know, it's, it's a, it's such a, the strength, the endurance, the, the self, the self care that you have to give yourself to raise a family and to raise kids, especially in Cleveland is i mean it, it's it's hard and so you know she's given me the gift of resilience and resiliency and just being resilient and and pushing uh you know so i really you know appreciate her and she's who helped inspire me to write children's books right um i don't think those books ever get written unless you know it's crazy how you take a tr- tragic situation and turn it into something beautiful and so for her, 
you know, ability to just continue to impact my world, I, I will forever be grateful. So yeah, my, my mom is number one. And then from there, it really gets into my household where you talk mm-hmm. about, you know, my wife, you know, you know, in, in, in the role she plays in my world and the ability to be able to balance all of these things. Cause I know when people hear us, they're like, oh man, you're doing working for Kyrie. You, you starting a podcast, you, you're, you're an investor, you do this and, and, Lawrence, you're doing this and that and helping the homeless and helping people that struggle with substance abuse and you got books and you're doing it. It's like, well, when do you, and so like my wife is very patient when it comes to my ability to dream big and, and finding that balance in your home and being supportive. And so she's helped teach me, you know, the, that, that balancing act and how important it is to focus on your home and focus on your family and just making sure those things are strong to give you the ability to do, uh, you know, beautiful things outside of your home. Because we all know if, if your home isn't straight, then all of those things will come falling down um, mm-hmm. in a moment, you know, and I had that experience in Atlanta where, you know, we were, I was so obsessed and focused on, basketball and coaching and 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 appeasing everybody and and then boom one day it just you know things just come tumbling down in your face and you're just like whoa (laughs) and so uh so yeah her and then last man if I had to wrap it up I would wrap it up with my children because I think that they give you a new perspective on life like for for all my parents they'll they'll understand this is that you know, your, your children will give you a different look on how you should see yourself and how you mm-hmm. should see situations and how you should see your family. Like if, if you've ever sat down and talked to your kids, like their, their thinking process is just so pure and so, <laughs> it's so innocent and the way they see the world, the way they see things, um, because they just haven't lived long enough to be tainted with doubt and with fear and with all of these things that the noise of the world like they just haven't lived long enough to be um you know tainted by those things and I think that's why I love being around kids you know like reading books and doing story time and my book club I have in my community you know you get these kids together and just hearing what they say it just gets you dreaming and gets you believing and gets you thinking that you can do the impossible. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how they'll rub off on you. Because kids, you ask a kid, like I asked a kid the other day, you know, if they could have one wish, what would they be? And they were like, oh, I'd be a, a unicorn or I'll have supersonic speed. And they really, Jeff, like they really believe that they could, that they could have supersonic speed or they can be invisible or they can turn into an animal and fly. Like, it's like, you can't, tell them that that's not true and so I think having those those uh what's up for those obviously people only can hear us but you know we do these on zoom so Carter's in the building what's up Carter what's up man we uh we we just now we talking about kids Carter so it would be it would be only right that a kid would come in so so yeah that's if I said what impacts me the most it would be we those things like that's what impacts my world the most i would say no and i i think um you know your question of the three most influential people i mean i i was obviously thinking prior 
you know, kind of to today, kind of how yeah. I was raised. But I agree. I mean, I think there's a point where what have the people done in the past that kind of raise you? And then, you know, who who is going to kind of continue that as you go? And I, I think you're yeah. right. You're, you're dead on with the household. You know, my wife is utterly amazing uh, mom and very, very politically and socially savvy, by the way. She could out talk. Uh, she might even be able to be a guest. She's she's a uh, can now. Man, we gotta get we gotta get we gotta do a family <laughs> episode, man. We gotta get every all the family in. Yeah, we need we to could. do that for sure. Yeah, but I but I agree with you. What I've noticed is that these the three kids we have are gonna motivate me. I mean, the, I've noticed just the creativity that they have. That in some cases, society, education, school system, whatever, not purposely but but they kind of start to steer them away from that you know and i think the the kids that make it through that are the ones that become entrepreneurs and the ones that really be creative in 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 their life so these guys are constantly motivating me to be kind you know they're constantly motivating me to be happy you know to be where my feet are that's a plug from my boy uh bronson always tells me that and then just, you know, to, to take the moment, like just right, right right now, you know, it's like most people might get upset because one of their kids joined them, you know, on right. their podcast, but it's <laughs> fine. You know, that's, that's life and there's nothing more important. They need to experience that. So, yeah. I, and sometimes the, we need, we need to allow, we need to allow our kids to interrupt us. Like yeah. we get and so they're busy. Teaching, yeah. They're teaching me so much right now. And I, I would agree a little bit of what you went through in Atlanta. You know, when I was at Nike, that I mean, that basketball world was just fast and furious. Yeah. You know, and and I really, I, I ejected so that I could be home with our firstborn because I was experiencing five, eight days a month with her, you know, and my wife was pulling all the weight, you know, and mm-hmm. doing all that. So um, I wanted to be home. And as, as we had more, the more I wanted to be home. So, yeah, they're just, as I say, they're just unwrapped presents every day. Like you, you wake yeah. up every morning, you got, it's like, you got three new presents. You're like, what are they going to show me today? Who right. are they going to be? What are they going to turn into? And once they open up, you know, some of that is you got to guide them. But, yeah. at, but I think at times maybe we guide them too much. You also got to let them just be, you know, be, be kids. And um, so. Because that's yeah. where, that's where the beauty comes. That is, uh, you know, for me being a basketball coach and, and 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 loving basketball and being such a you know you know that's that's one of the the cornerstones of my world is in sports and basketball it, it, you try to push that onto your kids sometimes and you want them to be you know in sports and play basketball and 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 I'm often reminded you know by some of my friends like you need to coach your kids like they're not your kids, right? It's it's just funny how, you know, if, if my son falls down or my daughter falls down, it's like, get up, be tough, you know, like, get up, push through. But like, if somebody else's kid falls down, I'm like, hey, are you all right? You all right, Carl? You good? Yeah. You straight? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's going to be all right, man. You know, it's just a different tone. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, you know, you have to allow your children to have some input on what is inside of them because naturally you want to guide them and and you want them to do certain things based on your experiences and your failures in life. But you also have to be open to allow them to 
dream as well. And whatever those dreams are, you know, like my son was like, hey, I want to, you know, I want to be a race car driver. And I'm like, what? Like he's never, I've never talked about that ever. Um, and he wants to get into learning how to put cars together and, and, and drive them. And, and so, you know, I'm trying to create connections and connecting with people that can help foster that gift inside of him. And my daughter is like, you know, she wants to be a model and she wants to be an actress. And, and she's like, you know, she, and I, you haven't seen her yet though, dude. she's five, seven, 11 years old. And it's, it's crazy because she has the makeup and the build to be one heck of a basketball player. And she, she actually plays well now um, at sixth grade. Like she's pretty good, but you know, that's not ultimately what she wants to do. So it's to your point, it's like, you want to guide your children, but you want to make sure that you're, you leave the door open for them to explore things that they really care about, because it might, it might be different than what, what ultimately you had in mind as a parent. So, oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. So, man, what are, what are some of the best resources that have helped you along your way? I mean, granted, we talked about you coming from Long Island to Portland, back to the East Coast. You know, what, what are some of the best resources that, is, that has helped you navigate, you know, these last few years? People. Just people. people. Yeah. People, you know, um, I'm, I'm surrounded by like I said, that a great uh, spouse and partner. I mean, you know, she's she brings a lot to me. Um, so there's a lot, a lot there that she contributes every day, and and even how I watch her with her friends and her family, you know. But um, good, good people, and um, good people. Um, yeah, it always starts think, with people, man. Always starts yeah, with people. Yeah, I, I think they, you know, obviously I read a little bit more, but mm -hmm. I, I read very selectively on what I want to do or, or maybe learn about. But I, I just try to meet, be around as many people as possible, even if it's just through observation. You know, like my middle yeah. son is, my middle son's kind of like me. He'll sit on a bench and learn about 30 people, but never say a word, you know, and that's, yeah. I always found that traveling. You know, you'd be in the airport, you you learn a lot about people. A lot of people, people, people watch listen, man. People people watching in the airport is a is a it could be a real hobby. Like the the kind of people that come through at the airport, it's it, that oh always listen, I always tell people you've never had an experience until you driven a greyhound. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, my kids will take if if it still exists in the next whatever years but if it's if it's if it's here my children will have an experience on a greyhound bus um yeah. because it's it's to your point it's the it's the ability to be able to get around different type of people and and just embrace it and learn and just see like my mom will put me on a greyhound bus and and man, listen, it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like, but at the same time, you 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 meet people along the way that you're like, wow. Like you have real, it just you just see the world, you see yeah. things in a totally different way. But no, the airport, Greyhound, riding a bus, listen, those are some experiences and people watching that you will are priceless. No, and I, and that's why we like where we are now in the Northeast Corridor, just these guys love riding the subway. 
the train mm-hmm. on Long Island, the train down to DC. I mean, that they're just seeing so much culture. It's just, yeah. that just makes them ask questions. And then you explain a lot of that stuff. You don't even really know how to answer. You know, right. a lot about culture, a lot about, you know, different, different people's habits based on how they were raised, their ethnicity, mm-hmm. their race. I mean, it's, you know, how they, their income, you know, yeah. these guys are just sponges. They don't know what they're asking half the time, but it's, it's great. You know, we're, we're definitely in that space. So yeah, I'd say people, people yeah. help me the most. And then I, you know, what's really nice now is that you have the balance to seek out whether it's through podcasts or whether it's through Google or whatever to, to answer some of the things that you want to know about. I mean, you think about right. before those things were created when we were kids, it was the Greyhound bus, you know, it was the Long Island railroad. It was going to college. I mean, that's how you learned more about people and culture was through conversation. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I, I love that, that we're doing more conversation and learning, you know, things from the, all the guests we're going to have on, on the show. Yeah. Because what it does is, you know, especially what's going on in today's America with, you know, when you talk about conversation and, and being able to have the necessary conversation, no matter how intense it gets, um, but being open to learn and listen and just, and, and just get a better understanding on how people feel. Um, it's, it's so much going on in the world today. And, and, you know, when we came up with the thought of, Hey, we just don't want to talk about sports, right? Because initially that's when we talked about soul influence, we were thinking like, okay, we could talk about basketball, right? Like the soul of a shoe. But I remember you said like, I mean, you, you've become so much more than just basketball over the last handful of years and and you are more right and so when we start talking to you know you know sierra smith who's going to be on you know she's you know graduated with honors from spelman college in atlanta you know running for you know city office which is which is insane to be that young i mean she's 21 you know we you know having montel watson a leader in the mortgage industry to talk about home ownership and you know you know, we, Ralph Green, some of your buddies, and it, it, before we even touch basketball, now granted, we both love basketball, so we're going to have some basketball people on the podcast for sure, and even talk basketball with even those guests, but it's, it's so much more. It's so much more to be desired, and, and especially the conversations that need to be happening right now. Like, we need to be talking about how can we own a home? How can we possess the land? How can we do more, not just in the black community, but um, in, 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 in the minority groups? Like, how do, you, how do you get to these? How do you unlock these doors? And in, in order to, to learn those things, you need to bring a very diverse group of people into your world to learn mm-hmm. and understand. And so, you know, with everything that's going on today in America, like what, what are your thoughts? Like, how do we become better as a community? How do we become better as a people? Like, how do we just become better? Oh man, that's a, uh, that's a like loaded question, huh? <laughs> loaded, loaded question. Um, I mean, let me look up at the sunrise real quick and get my, get my thoughts, but I, right, I, I think right. we're going to have, 
we're going to have multiple conversations about it, whether it's with guests or in future episodes, you know, just you and I, but cause I, cause I truly believe like this, this movement is different, you know, and I think that everyone is, is most everyone is trying to figure out how to either lead the movement or support the movement of change. Mm-hmm. And I, and there's so many things that have changed already from a, Aunt Jemima bottle of syrup to statues being changed out, um, and then and then other platforms being being empowered. But it's 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 disheartening, you know, um, because I feel like there's a there's an education process that probably could be better in the school system. Mm-hmm. Of I, I think. One thing I realized is you're taught in school that that race was a was a large issue and has been resolved. It's kind of what you leave school with. It's been mm-hmm. resolved. So that's what's taught in the classroom. I think what needs to be taught is less, not less about history, but more about that, hey, this is still relevant mm-hmm. and have those conversations in, in the educational process and, and, and those those institutions. And then how do we, how do we continue to make to make it better? Um, I think judgment, something that that we're taught. Um, I don't know if it's directly or indirectly as we're as we're growing up, but judgment is something that that just has to recede. Um, we can't walk around and judge. You know, I mean, like. My my wife made a great example the other day. She we used to live next to uh, this doctor, and the first time we met her, she was in her scrubs, and you know we were like, "Oh, where are you a nurse?" No, she was a brain she was a brain surgeon. You know, just that little like you're taught that. You yeah. know, it's just you don't you don't come up with that on your own. You're taught that, so it, it's so detailed, and I think that's what at times can become so overwhelming you know, for, for, for change is that it, it is millions of details that yeah. we don't even realize, you know, need to change or need to be uh, retaught or reinforced. So, but I, I think none of it can be done if, if we're not being kind to each other, if we're not reserving judgment and we're not accepting people for just who they are and letting the yeah. most educated person in that space lead. Like yeah, I, and I think, you know, yeah, that's, that's huge. That's huge in terms of, you know, one of my good friends told me the other day is like, you know, speaking from your experience is what we're doing. Like this whole platform is, we're just speaking from like, hey, this is my experience. This is how I see it from my, my you know, my, you know, experiences in life. Um, however, there are certain conversations that, you know, you, you would probably have needed to go to school for, or really have done the research and to become an expert in it. And then for those discussions, you can still express your opinion, but it will be good to have somebody in that same room and that same conversation that is actually uh, a quote unquote expert in that space to help navigate the conversation and also to help correct you if you're kind of going into a place that 
may not be as accurate. And and I think that's one thing that we're doing is that a lot of these conversations we're having are are really from our life experiences and how we see it and how we hear it and, and what we've learned. Um, and then we're bringing on experts to help kind of navigate us through some of these conversations because we know that you have to be open to learn. And to your point, like the judgment thing, like think I, Jeff, I think for me, with somebody that is really passionate about ministry and helping, you know, so often you're so quick to judge people if they're a certain kind of way that, that I've, you know, you, I had to grow out of that. Like I really had mm-hmm. to grow out of being judgmental. And just because this person didn't do it the way I do it, you know, then I don't, I'm, I'm going to cancel them. They're, they're out. And it's like, well, no, like, just because they don't do it the way you're doing it doesn't mean they're canceled. Um, it just means that they don't see the world the way you see it. So either you have an option, right? You have a choice. You can either take some time to learn and understand how they see the world, or you can move on. But the judgment piece is so is what continues to create the divide. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree hundred percent. And like you said, it, where where we where in the educational process is that is that being taught you know is it in the home is it at at the institution but that has to change because yeah. unwinding that to your point like you're saying relearning unwinding that is is it's hard it's, it's hard work yeah no, I mean, so. I tell you, it is. It is. I mean, in talking to my circle of friends, they all start with education. Like everything yeah. that's going on today in the climate is just education. It's it's how much are you willing to take a step back and learn and listen and figure out that, you know, you cannot do this by yourself. Like the Black community we can't go at this alone by ourselves. Like the white community, the Hispanic community, the Native American community, like we need each other. <laughs> like we have to, like, we're better together, we're stronger together. And we have to figure out a way to navigate what we care about, right? Like I, I heard one friend say, you know, just because, you know, they were white, they were like, just because you are on third base doesn't mean you hit a triple. You know, and it's like understanding that, like, what what do you mean by that, right? It's mm-hmm. it's some of us just start ahead, and 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 instead of being, you know, you know, finding an excuse of why you started ahead, it's just like, hey, I, I got a head start, but with this head start, this is what I'm doing to help the community. Um, this is what I'm doing to help bring somebody else along or bring somebody else up, and because listen my whole goal, and we talked about this, we talk about this all the time in terms of breaking the cycle. Like my whole goal is for my kids to get a head start. Like I want my kids to have a running start as they begin to get into, get out of high school and get into like the real world. I want them to get into that running. And and if I can get them on second base, third base, you know, by all means, I'm going to do those things to give them a chance to really create an impact and and if that's starting at 22 23 if it's younger than that then then by all means i'm going to try to do that um and i think that that's one thing that we're trying to learn today is 
you know, Black America is like, hey, you know, we we need some help in getting, and I even shared this story with you in terms of like the Black Lives Matter movement. And, and like, if we all lived on the same street, you know, every house, yes, it matters. But if there's a house on fire right now, like if there's a house burning down, every person's going to come out their house and assist that house. Why? Because there's a 911 situation. And, and right now the Black community is in a space where they're the, they're the group that needs a little bit of help right now. They're the group that needs to be uplifted. They're the group that needs, they're the group that their house is on fire. And, and we just need to kind of rally around in a few years and maybe another group. But right now today, um, you know, it's like, take your, take your advantage, take those things, lean into the black community, lean into this space today and find out where you can help. However that is. Yeah. No, I, I think we all got to be more conscious. And I just look at the energy buildup of trying to not want to help or not want to recognize. Yeah. And that takes a lot of effort to, to, to not want to be there. And if, just turn that around. Just, just turn that around. Like there, there is a, you know, a, there's just an initiative you know to to try and help and like we talked about earlier in the in the episode if your kids see you model that right they will become more of a proponent for making and continuing that change i mean this isn't going to change in in our lifetime i mean it's going to be a constant movement to a better place you know yeah. and there'll be there'll be more things that that these kids need to be faced with global warming or change in education or whatever that is and um this is a great way for them to start and learn to watch watch their parents model you know supporting and leading this change where where needed no i think that's that's so real man and so you know with this whole episode i think you know our goal was for our listeners to know our heart like what our passion is. This is a passion project for both of us that we're super passionate about, you know, learning more about one another, learning more about, you know, our community, the people that we bring on, we're going to learn from them. They're going to learn from us. And, and like we say, you know, from celebrity status to local impact, every voice weighs the same. Like we're going to bring people on that you recognize. Um, some of, some of you will not recognize some of the people we bring on, but you know, our hope is that whoever it is, you, you're, you're taking the position of what can I learn? Like, what can I gather? You know, they could be, we're going to bring on young people, you know, you know, millennials, Gen Z. I just, like, I lumped one of our guests. I thought she was a millennial. She was like, nah, I'm a Gen Z. And I was like, well, what's a Gen Z? <laughs> like, and so it's one of those things where from, from Gen Z's to millennials to, you know, the older group, we're going to bring a, a, a slew of people on here that just have different perspectives and they see the world differently and they just see things differently. And, and, and just as open as we are to learn, we just hope our listeners and people that decide to subscribe and log in and, and connect with us, we hope that they're willing to, uh, to learn as well. So 
with that being said, I mean, Jeff, you want to make some final remarks and and uh, and and take us out? Uh, yeah, I'm always the closer, Mariana yeah. Rivera. Somebody call from, a closer uh, from the Yankees. That's, that's my man. Got one yeah. pitch. I always 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 respected that guy, Mariano. He's got no, one he's, pitch, one pitch, man. and he was like, "Hey, it's you, you're up to you to try and figure it out. All I need is one pitch." That's all. Please. Listen, and, I got and the, one of the. Would you? I would. He's. He is definitely one of the top. Like legit, arguably, could be the considered the greatest baseball player ever. Yeah, I mean, he just said, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Well, he's definitely the greatest it. pitcher. He's definitely the greatest pitcher. He's probably yeah, number I'm, one, two, or three in pitching. Yeah, I just, I just. Always yeah, he's legit. That yeah, close us out. Close us yeah. out. Close us out. So I, I'm, Mar- I'm just, Mariano. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm just happy that we're we're taking this journey, as you said. I think, you know, this is a great episode to acknowledge all the people that have led us and continue to lead us. Um, I'm excited to have people on, but also continue our conversations as we, you know, manage through some of these difficult times. But I think they're um, going to bring us a much more positive world that can be created and carved out for our children, which is, I think all of our motivations is how do we not only provide for them or to your point, give them a head start, but how do we make um, them really empowered to, to make a larger impact? Cause I feel the world's going to need a larger impact when they, when they come of age. So a uh, great, great episode. Tune in. We've got some some good ones coming up. And yeah, uh, yeah have that, that's 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 my closing remarks. Each and every one of you is important. We thank you for your time today and welcome your thoughts at any time. Are you better? Is your soul warmer than when you arrived? Let us know how you perceive the show and provide us with that five star stamp. And next time, bring your friends. The soul makes you go.